Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Romans chapter 8. And if you'll allow, please let's read the Amplified Version today. The Bible says, therefore, now, there is no condemnation. I want you to underline the word, now. That means there was a time there was condemnation, and now there is no condemnation. No judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. Now, if you're a student of the word, I want you to underline, put a mental note on those two words, who live, comma, and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but the dictates of the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. Wow. Wow. Bible says, there was a time you were once under condemnation. There was a time you were judged guilty of wrong because Jesus Christ had not yet come in the flesh as the propitiation of your sins, the perfect sacrifice for your salvation, eternal. And then this man Jesus Christ came. And when he came, he established a law in you at the onset of regeneration, at the new birth experience. From the day you say that I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. This, understand me, this is for somebody who has received Jesus. So if you're here and you have not yet received Jesus, I pray that by the end of this service, you'll also join this glory, this experience that all of us who have received Christ have enjoyed. From the day of your salvation, a law was set in motion. And what was that law? It is called the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. That law will not set you free. It may not set you free. The Bible says, has set you free from the law of sin and death. This is not a future expectation. It is a past experience. The law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ, the Bible says, has freed me from the law of sin and death. Wow! The spirit at work in you from the day of salvation speaks Creates life. 
establishes life, gives life. And because it is a constant giver of life, it has freed you, not will free you next week, not will free you next year. It has freed you from the law of sin and death. Wow. Sometimes you're free from the law of sin and death. Let me explain to you what we call the law of sin and death. When Adam sinned and Eve, his wife, when they ate the forbidden fruit, that law took effect. And when that law took effect, man was subject to death. And everything on the earth was subject to corruption against its own self because man had sinned. It is that law of death by which you'll explain why a mango tree grows out from the ground, brings forth branches, makes fruits, those fruits ripen, and they die. Before that, when trees used to grow and they ripen, the fruits would stay ready to eat and none will die because on the earth there was no law to kill. That is why if you remember the experience in Eden, it says you shall eat of every tree except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The trees that were in Eden, all of them bore fruit. But the fruit would not what? Rot. And they were watered from the ground. So whatever Adam ate, it would be replaced by something new. But nothing died because God does not waste. It's important to understand this. That is why in that consciousness, Jesus would not understand why he walks to a fig tree, even though it's not its season and it has no figs. Because he was a man under a different order. And that is why he cast it. Why? Because the tree responded to him as a fallen man. Yet he knew no sin. Who has understood it? So because he knew no sin, he's saying, why would this tree respond to me as if I'm a sinner too? I would say, on that tree, there was no figs because it was not the time. It was not the season for figs. But to Christ, it doesn't matter. Oh, but it's not fair. No, it's not fair only if you're looking at the side of the tree. But when you look at the side of Christ, it is fair to curse it. Because why should this tree deal with him as one who is fallen? This man knew no sin. So he's not subject to the law of sin and death. Everything is subject to death because of the fall of man. Without that fall, everything was alive. Everything was alive. Nothing was corrupted or corruptible in that season in that time, until the fall of man. Are you following what I'm saying? So the fall of man came, law, the law of sin and death took its course. And by then on, men were subject to death, even those which had not sinned by the similitude of Adam. The fact that you were born by the fallen, you were subject to death. How does a person die? Through Sickness is perpetual death. 
Scientists tell you every seven years you have new cells in your body. Isn't it? Some of you have read about it. So if you have new cells in your body every seven years, technically speaking, your body is supposed to be replenished every seven years. That's a principle God set in every human being. So if you're replenished every seven years, why are you sick? There's something working. There's a law working against even your body. See, when you go somewhere and you cut yourself with a knife or by mistake, you get cut, right? What happens? Platelets will start arranging themselves. And this body will start to speak through the cells to heal every part of you that is cut. Why? Because you were created to restore yourself to health. That's how God created you. Naturally, God had created human beings to amend by themselves. But then the law of sin and death comes and complicates even that which was a simple cut. Then it becomes an infection and then brings death. The law of sin and death. It is the spirit behind any nature of death on the earth, even if it's not physical. Death otherwise gets its strength through the law of sin. Now, he has said, you are under no condemnation. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, Amplified calls it the law of our new being. When you became a new being, that law took course. It has freed thee from the law of sin and death. That means you don't have to die. Apostle, apostle. No, no, no. It's Romans chapter 8. Somebody shout hallelujah. Paul continues to explain this in the sin perspective. He says, for God has done what the law could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. He sent his own son in guise of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh. He subdued, listen, overcame, and deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. Which sacrifice? Answer me, which sacrifice? The sacrifice of Jesus. So God has subdued, listen, overcame and deprived sin in the flesh of everyone who accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That doesn't mean that we don't have sin in our bodies. That doesn't mean that we don't do sin. It only means that even though there is sin in our flesh, there is a law working in the inside of us to subdue its power and consequence on our lives. Are you following what I'm saying? This might not be popular because... I'm not wrong, no. You've learned wrong for so many years. I'm trying to correct you. And I'm reading Bible. I'm reading the word. I'm not borrowing phrases. I'm reading the word for you. Follow me. When you receive or accept that sacrifice, verses 4, the righteousness and just requirement of the law was fully met in us.
the righteousness and just requirement of the law was fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh but in the ways of the spirit. Our lives are governed not by the standards according to the dictates of the flesh but controlled by the Holy Spirit. Let me explain this. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and this law of the spirit of life came inside you, all the requirements of the law, all everything the law needed for your righteousness was provided for in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. When it was provided for in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you became the righteousness of God in Christ. Not according to your works, but according to your faith in Christ Jesus. Now, because you are the righteousness of God in Christ, it means that God has delivered you from the law of sin and death. But he's saying, not to those who live only, but walk in the dictates of the spirit and not of the flesh. There's a difference between living in the spirit and walking in the spirit. You understand what I'm saying? He's not talking to those who live only in the spirit, but he's talking about those who also walk in what they live. Now there's a fundamental question. How does a man live in the spirit? What qualifies me or you to live in the spirit? We go to verses 8. Those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be accepted to him. Verses 9. But, he says, you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs and controls you, but if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ. He is not truly a child of God. Meaning, everybody who received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit entered in you by reason of that experience, you live in the Spirit. You might not feel it, but you live in the spirit. You might not carry the experience of it, but because you don't carry the experience or reality of it, it does not mean that by truth it's not given to you. It's like somebody can be forgiven, but they don't feel forgiven. Because they don't feel forgiven, that means that they're not forgiven. Are you following each other of God? You might feel, ah, I don't think God will forgive me of this sin. Only because you're ignorant of what God's heart is toward you. But because you don't feel forgiven because of how insurmountable the sin you did, it does not presuppose that God has not forgiven you. So it is this way. That you might not feel like you live in the Spirit, but the fact that you are born again and you have the Holy Spirit inside you, as a consequence of the new birth experience, you actually live in the Spirit. The only question is, do you walk in the Spirit? You get the difference? You live in the spirit. So nobody should teach you someone like, I'm going to teach you how to enter the spirit realm. Man, people are so immature. And I've seen 
people teach well at one time i saw this wonderful man of god this very gifted guy and i think there was a validation of his gift as a place of his maturity so he was teaching how to enter the spirit he's teaching believers how to enter in the spirit oh let me make it simpler he's teaching men who are living in a house how to enter it kjv says ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit it saw the spirit of god dwells in you the moment you have the holy ghost on you you are in the spirit so i cannot teach you how to enter where you are i don't know if some of you i think the churches you went to back in the day you did for saying like we are going to worship jesus and we are going to enter the spirit right now we are going to enter the spirit realm and connect to what god is saying this afternoon you understand so people and then they move by their feelings they put very nice sound and somebody says the holy spirit is here then he copies a tv televangelist lift your hands somebody in the air just lift your hands in the air jesus is here Oh Jesus. You're entering the you're entering the holy of holies. Yes sir. They are minister to that. And then after that wonderful worship they say, "Welcome back." From the presence of God. Now the preacher gets on the pulpit when they are out of the presence. <laughs> and then you wonder why they don't learn. Cause by the time you started teaching, you are already out of the presence by conscience and understanding. Are you learning? You live in the spirit. Even before we start service, you are in the spirit. I know some of you use it as a an anger phrase eh? don't take me out of the spirit don't don't take me out no you're still in the spirit but you act carnally but you're still in the spirit because there's a governing factor within you in the person of the holy spirit that tells you even though you're doing this this is not right isn't it so why do you still keep that governor in your spirit because you live and he lives in you are you following me child of god so never let anybody take you out of the spirit <laughs> praise the lord that's ignorance are you following me but let's go back a bit at the beginning he said there is no condemnation or judging guilt of wrong to those who are in Christ Jesus who the two words live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh but after the dictates of the spirit they live and walk the word there is walking for some people live in the flesh even though they are born again those are called carnal christians and many people live a very carnal life praise the lord jesus christ praise the lord jesus christ What does it mean to walk carnally? 
The Greek word there to walk is peripateo. Let me help us. It's called peripateo. And peripateo means to follow as a companion or a votary. You know a votary? Somebody who is bound to follow. Like someone who is bound by some vow to follow. Something or somebody. So to follow as a companion or the second definition to be occupied with in your mind. To be occupied with. Now, let's put it back to context. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh. Huh? Who are not followers. Who don't follow as men bound by the impulses of the flesh. He's saying who are not occupied with the work of the flesh. But are after the dictates or the working of the spirit. Let me explain it. How is a man a follower of the flesh? When you are the kind of person that lives or directs your life on your feelings, on your senses, what you hear, what you touch, what you smell, what you taste, what you see. That's a carnal Christian. Building your life following as a votary literally taken captive to be occupied in your mind by whatever your feelings or tests or experiences without dictate let me give you an example if you wake up and you feel a headache that's a feeling isn't it? To feel headache is different from being sick. You can feel headache. You understand what I'm saying? But in feeling headache, whatever you do or say next to how you respond is going to determine whether you walk by the flesh or walk by the spirit. How? Maybe, let me make it simpler. How many of you remember the sermon, Spirit, Soul, and Body? I preached something like that. If you haven't watched that sermon, please go on YouTube. It's an old one, three, four years. Please go and listen to that sermon of Spirit, Soul, and Body. You are three persons in one. Oh no, entities in one, right? You are a spirit with a soul in a body. You are, you are a spirit with a soul in a body. First Thessalonians, and the very God of peace sanctify thee holy. And I, I pray God, your whole, listen, spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So your spirit, soul, body, your three parts. You understand? You are not your body. You are not your soul. You are your spirit. You get it? It's important to note this. You are a spirit with a soul in a body. Now, if you wake up and 
There is headache. The right language is your body feels a headache. You don't have a headache. Your body feels a headache. Who gets the difference? You, the spirit man, you don't have a headache. Let me tell you why. The spirit man is not subject to the law of sin and death because he never fell. The spirit version of you never fell. What fell on you that required redemption was your soul. Remember in Genesis 2, 7, and God formed man out of dust and breathed into him his nostrils, the breath of life, and that man became a living soul. He didn't say he became a living spirit. He said that man, Adam, became a living one. soul. Now that soul is the one who fell in Eden, not spirit. That's why the Bible says the first was natural, which is Adam, and the second was spiritual. That means the spirit in the first man was inactive. Are you following? And that spirit man is activated at the new birth when you become born again. Then it's only your soul. That is why the Bible says, he that wins souls, because they are the ones which fall. He that wins souls is wise. Let's go win some souls. They don't say, let's go win some spirits. They don't say, let's go win some bodies. Because the terrestrial body does not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible is very clear. Earthly bodies are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the realm of God. Now, are you following very keenly? Now, can I have one volunteer? Just come. Now, this is Joshua. Right? But I am touching Joshua's body. This is Joshua's arm. If he didn't have an arm, he would still be Joshua. If he didn't have legs, he would still be Joshua. So Joshua is not Joshua because he has arms and legs. Joshua is Joshua because there is a spirit or a soul in that name. You're following what I'm saying? Now, if I slap Joshua's body and he feels pain, this is Joshua's body feeling pain. It is not Joshua feeling pain. You see? Now, if Joshua feels so much pain and says, you have slapped my body, that's a man not living after the dictate of the flesh. But if Joshua says, you have slapped me. It means the slap I hit here went through his soul and entered the spirit. Did you get what I'm saying? Joshua can say that I feel headache my body. But Joshua cannot say, I have a headache. Because that means he has imported his headache in 
into the spirit man. Who has understood what I just said? Joshua can say, I feel stomach ache. But Joshua can't say, I have. Because if he says, I have, he has imported his stomach ache from the physical body, entered the soulish realm, that's emotions, and has entered the spirit mind. Now, that's what the Bible calls breaking the spirit. He says that the spirit of a man will sustain his spirit. But a wounded spirit who can bear, this is the wounding of the spirit. When you import your feelings and your senses and accept them as a reality of the man of the spirit, that's why people die. Bible says that a wholesome tongue is a tree of what? Of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. You breach your spirit if by your tongue you import what your body of soul feels as a reality and truth for your spirit man. Did you get it? Now, when we talk about walking after the flesh, what do we mean? It means responding to your feelings and following after them and to be occupied or acting as a companion to your feelings, helping them or being in bondage to them as a votary. Let me explain. If you woke up with a pain in your hip or your stomach, that's your body. You see? And you say, eh, I am sick. That's you living after the flesh. Why? Because you have pronounced sickness on your body based on your feeling. Many people here have gone to a doctor with a feeling and they put you through a machine and they said, we don't see anything. So how do you explain what they don't see but you feel? Because you don't need to have anything to feel pain. Doctors can tell you. People have diseases that cannot be diagnosed. Because these are devils. But you diagnose yourself and say, I think I'm suffering from. I am. Oh, I am. You've imported that from your body into your spirit. I have been diagnosed with. I have been diagnosed with. That's not a language of a Christian. You can say they found flu in my body. But you can't say they found me with flu. I was sick and I have COVID. You, you can't say Isaiah 33 verses 24. The inhabitants shall not say I am sick. Zion is a realm. In that realm there are things we cannot speak. That's a breach of our spirit. You can't say I am poor. You can't come for counseling and tell me Apostle Grace, I failed to get married. What? Men don't marry bodies. They marry spirits. You can't say I am weak. 
because that's importing from your flesh. That's living after the dictates of the flesh. That means everything your flesh says is what you are. So he's saying there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. So if you live after the dictates of the flesh, you are condemned. You know what condemnation is? It means whatever you think you are, you are right. The angels hasten to fulfill. If you think you are poor, you have condemned yourself to poverty. God has not brought that poverty on you. You have brought it on yourself because of your ignorance. Are you following me, child of God? Are you learning something? You're not sick because something is paining you. It can even come back tomorrow. But how you speak is important. And how you respond to it is important. That's the difference between living in the spirit and walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit means that you show some sort of action or reaction to the attack on your life to align it to agree with the word of God and not what you're feeling. That's a walking person. If you're walking after the flesh, it means, oh, I'm not going to come out of bed today. There's nothing I'm going to do. Let me stay in the whole day. You are living or acting on the impulses of your senses. If you know that you are not supposed to fall sick, even if there is pain in your body, if you must crawl out, crawl out of the bed, but come out of it. That's a man saying, even though I am feeling this, I'm not walking after the dictates of this. I'm walking after the dictates of the Bible. The Bible says he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes, I was healed. That's a man living after the spirit. He says, when you're after that kind of thing, what can condemn you? What can disqualify you? Somebody shout amen. Shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because you mind the things of the spirit, not the things of the flesh. What your mind is, you know, somebody feels a headache and they imagine every possible sickness. That's you living after the dictates of your feelings. Somebody shout amen. You're not supposed to live by what you. Oh, because your job has failed to work for 10 years, therefore it might never work. Or because you're 45, 48, and you've believed ah, ah, this thing. Eh? Mm -mm. I don't think marriage is for me. That thing you've said for me, you've owned it in your spirit. No prophet can prophesy it to change. Only a good teacher can teach some demons out of you. Know, you know how many demons live when we are teaching? Oh, because many demons of ignorance live slowly. Some of them don't manifest. They live slowly. You just tell by after the summer. You just realize, eh, I came heavy, but now I feel happy. Hey, hey, you came with a turnout. Hey, you cut it something, you just didn't know. I was sad. I feel like I'm free. Hey, you came. 
heavy laden. And the message gave you rest. Somebody shout amen. No, let me read for you. Let me read for you. We're still in Romans 8. Verses 5. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, listen, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit and are controlled by the desire of the spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. So where your mind is in every circumstance tells us whether you're in the flesh, walking, sorry, in the flesh or in the spirit. You're already living there even before you think anything. But where your mind is shows us where you're walking. And many of you are as a result of thoughts two, three, four, five, six, seven years back. It's the reason why you are where you are. You might not agree with me, but your spirit man understands what I've just said. Look at your life to the end and you're going to realize you've been walking in the flesh, in that area where you have failed to fix more than you have in the spirit. So you have to change it. Tell your neighbor, you got to change it. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 6, the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. The mind of the flesh is sense and reason. The Bible says it is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. Every kind of misery you have in your life is as a result of living in the realm of sense and reason. You only agree with it because it doesn't make sense. You do whatever you do because of what you think. How you feel in your body. Oh, I feel weak. Oh, I feel this. Oh, I feel this. Then you respond and attract all manner of miseries. As of that which is living in the realm of sinners. Yet you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You're not supposed to suffer like a man who doesn't have a covenant with God. Are you learning something? Are you learning something? Give it to me in the KJV verses 5. Uh -huh. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Verses 6. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. To be carnally minded is death. The Amplified says now the mind of the flesh which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit is death. Praise the Lord. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. Now and forever. Soul peace. What is soul peace? Soul peace is a state where you are at peace even when nothing around you defines that peace. Stage 4 cancer, yes, they said it's in your body, but you sleep and eat like a man who knows you're not going to die of stage 4 cancer. That's peace. That's a man walking in the flesh. It's not something that happens in two weeks. It's something you exercise yourself as you continue to hear the word of faith. That's why I tell people, don't stop listening. The more doubt and unbelief comes in your body, 
to take you back and switch you off is the more you put in those things whether they sleep in and wake up and they're still in you keep them in your ears praise the lord keep listening to the word because as you listen to the word you're strengthening your inner man to agree and walk after the spirit somebody shout hallelujah shout hallelujah shout glory to god let's now jump to verses 10 if christ lives in you then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt although you have a sickness in your body in your back or you're dealing with something that has failed to live if christ lives in you he says even though the natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt the bible says the spirit is alive because of the righteousness he imputes on you let me make it simpler even though they said you had stage four cancer your spirit man doesn't have stage four cancer even if they said you have fibroids your spirit man doesn't have fibroids even if they say you have diabetes or hypertension your spirit man doesn't have diabetes or hypertension it's your body not your spirit man it's important to get this So refuse to diagnose your spirit man with that disease. You can't say I am diabetic. You don't say that. You can say my flesh carries diabetes, but you cannot say I am hypertensive. You can't say that. That's a breach of the spirit. The Bible says with your mouth you'll be judged. So you're judging yourself into death. You literally kill yourself but take yourself into death because by says life and death are in the power of the power into the power of life and the power of death I always emphasize that I tell people life and death have no power above the tongue the tongue has power above life and death proverbs 18:21 If you say I will not die you will not die But what about those ones who speak and they die? They later give up. If you say I will not fail, you cannot. Are you learning something? Verses 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Uh-uh, I'm talking to you who know you have the Holy Spirit. You even rapodi badiga zonda. No, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal short-lived perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you God is trying to say which is harder getting cancer out of your body or raising Jesus from the dead which is harder getting diabetes out of your body or raising Jesus from the dead which is harder getting that cyst out of your breast or raising Jesus from the dead which is harder he's saying the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead the bible says will restore your life your mortal life through his spirit and take that sinus out of you If he could not leave Jesus in hell, how can he leave asthma in your lungs? Ah, uh, I don't know who I'm talking to. Which is easier? 
raising Christ or building a business? Which was harder? Because that day, all hell attacked one man. All hell attacked one man. And the spirit with him overcame. And that spirit, the Bible says, is in you. The Bible says your body is a temple of the Lord. Read the Amplified Version. The Amplified Version says it is the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Put your hand on your head and say, I'm not going to die of sickness. But the Bible is clear on how we die. The Bible says he takes their breath and they go. That's what the Bible says. The Bible is very clear on how we die. We don't die sick. I love Taylor's book. He said, even if you are 100, first get healed, then go. But don't die sick. Don't die sick. So the moment sickness comes, then you know it's not your time to die. The moment sickness is in your body, it means it's not your time. And study all the men who preach those doctrines. They never fell sick. The Kenneth Huggins, he was in a chair, breathed out. Taylor's Bondu told the same, he was in a chair, breathed out. All of the men who told that gospel, they died healthy men. They just left their bodies. So if you've not learned a lesson, me have learned. Put your hand again on your head and say, I am not going to die of sickness. Either you'll sit in a chair and check out, or you'll go to bed healthy, and then they wake you up in the morning and you've gone. Whatever it is, refuse to die sick. And to die before your time. Somebody shout hallelujah. So, verses 12 then tells you, so then brethren, we are not debtors. We are not debtors to the flesh. We are not obligated to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by the standards set by the statistics of how many people are dying every year of what? COVID. You are not obligated. You're not a debtor to those facts. But a machine speaks facts, not truth. Yeah. The problem is when you make the machine speak truth. But as long as it's still a fact, it's only a factor. It's not truth. You shall know the truth. Yeah. Those were things you see in your shop. Those are facts. Some of you, your salary is a fact. Uh -uh. I don't know who I'm talking to. The car you're driving is a fact. The clothes you're putting on are just facts. They're not truth. Wait when you put on truth. Hey. Your marital status is a fact, not a truth. What is the truth? You're married. 
I'm talking of the God who calls the things that be not as though they are. There was a day I woke up many years ago and I told myself I will never be poor another day. And I have never been poor since. Never. I don't even know how it looks like. I tried to spell that word the other day. I was mixing the R. I don't know. I don't remember where the R goes. May you forget the spellings of some words. May you write sickness and fail to know whether there are two S's or three. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout amen. amen. I'm not a debtor to what I feel. Oh, in Luganda, sina banja na chempulira. Pechi manja. Omoyo ya manja. I'm indebted only to what the Spirit says. The Spirit says I was healed. I was healed. So you don't like a sick man trying to get healed. No, no. You're a healthy man claiming your rights. I don't fall sick. I don't fall sick. I don't fall sick. I don't fall sick. I don't. Eh? Those people of Fenero, they have doctrines. Eh? They say they don't fall sick. We don't. It depends on which man you're talking about. It depends on which man you're saying. Are you talking of the flesh or the man of the spirit? Come on, somebody. Hey, when you feel that pain, you say, I cannot fall sick. I don't fall sick. Sickness is not my portion. That's the man of the spirit speaking. It could worsen. If it worsens, you worsen also. And said, devil, you don't get it. I cannot die. I cannot fail. I cannot fail. I cannot fail. That's the same wall. You say, I'm getting married next year. If that year ends, you say, no, this is the year. If that year refuses, you start the next one and say, this is the year. Eventually. He has to let go. Eventually, he has to let go. I'm not a debtor to the flesh. I'm not a debtor to my carnal flesh, my carnal nature. That is why the counsel is in verses 13. If you live according to the dictates of the flesh, he says, you shall surely die. You will die. You will die. If you continue, oh, this thing, you will die. You will die. You will surely die. Because you are following after it. Your mind is being consumed by that pain, that poverty, that lack of job. And some of you even start following traits. My sister failed at two. Then my brother failed at two. And you could be right on the four. But on you, it is wrong. It could be a fact that Simanya, your grandfather died of this. The same disease killed your auntie. Even your uncle died of cancer. But when it gets to you, the spiritual matter will say, wrong. Not this one. Check somebody and tell them, my case is different. You'll outlive your parents. I'm talking about the age they die. You'll outlive the age they die in Jesus' name. 
Somebody shout amen. amen. Shout glory to God. Why? Because you know what they didn't know. In our family, which family? The family I knew is of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Pastor Zach, you know, Paul, Hezekiah, Ezekiel, Apostle Emma. That, that's the family. You know, which family are you talking about? Are you talking of the family of your blood, the Muchiga or the Mugisu? Or you're talking about the blood that cleanses us all? The blood of Jesus Christ that speaketh better things than the blood of Cain and Abel. Which blood are you talking about? I went in, a, you know, those bank check tests, and a man asked me, uh, you know, those bank tests that I've just got in the job? He asked me. Uh, so they asked those things, health questions. So in your family, do you have histories of high blood pressure? I said, no. <laughs> I had seen somebody in the family we meet, but I knew the family. I <laughs> family sickle cells ah, I never read that and then Absalom had a crisis ah David's children did you hear Solomon had a, an asthma attack ah, ah. so when they start asking about your family come to the one of the kingdom Hebrews 12 24 that speaketh better saying. He says if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, what you feel, what you hear, what you read on the internet, what you read on TikTok, what you hear on the newspapers, what the doctors are saying, you shall surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, you are habitually putting to death making extinct and deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body. You shall really and genuinely live up to next week, up to next year, up to next month. He didn't say occasionally putting to death. Uh -uh. He said habitually. You know what it means? Huh? If it hits you, you hit it. No! No! I am more than a conqueror. Greater is he who is in me than he which is in the world. No! I cannot die. I shall live to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. No! The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I cannot fall sick. I don't want healing. Healing is here. Oh no! Himself bore my sins on the cross that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. By his stripes I was healed. No! Greater is he that is in me than he habitually deadening. Die, 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 die. 
die in Jesus' name. Oh, die. Die. Habitually die. 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 Cancer. Virus. Die. Bacteria. Die. Die. Oh, die. Habitual. Die. 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 Make a thing with your But some of you die. Wait, wait, mama, forgive me. <laughs> I was joking, dude. I was joking, dude. I was joking. Okay, 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 okay. Let's talk. Let's talk. No, 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 no. If you have decided to fight, fight. Habitual. And I tell people, even when you're not sick, hey, claim what you want to see. Some of you wait until then. No. Even when you're not sick, every morning put the kados. Hey, we give me vaccinate yourself, man. Inoculate. I have the life of God in me. Greater is he that is in me than he which is in the world. Hey, even next week, okay, while you add another dose. Greater is he which is in me than he which is in the world. The consequence of that will be divine health. So the last verse says 14 for my closing not necessarily for the chapter for all who are led by the spirit are the sons of god now do you understand the lead because you cannot be led if you're not walking you see these are walking men not just living these are men who are actively involved in their work of faith and their confession they confess but they walk in action of what they believe he says they are the sons of god now the greek word there is heels not nepios, not babies, but heos, the mature ones of God. You see, there are three words in the, in the Greek that define children. Technon, which means the beloved of God. Like when you have a baby, it's, oh, this baby sweet. That's a technon, the beloved child of God. Then you have what you call nepios. There's somebody who is a toddler in the spirit, like my little daughter who walks around here, two and a half or so. That's a nepios. And then you have what you call an adult spiritual, like many of you above 18. That, that's heels. So he says, for those of them who are led or who have learned to walk by the Spirit of God, they are the ones who are mature. That means if you still move in your feelings, you're still a baby. Even if you have a theology degree and a PhD, you're still a baby. Tap somebody slowly and tell them, let's grow up. You see, the Bible has said, you have a spirit of life. You have a life-giving spirit. I want you to give life to everything that was dying or dead in your life. Two minutes, let's go. Business, marriage, children, career, dreams, whatever. Open your mouth and let's speak to God. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior. Has ransomed me. Tell me quiet.
you have spoken it our lives are changed and transformed we refuse to fear we choose faith healing is here deliverance is here restoration is here strength is here not by power not by might but by your spirit give the Lord America, please. the Bible says Listen, the Bible says in Matthew 11, 24, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, clap like you've received. today and I'm going to give you an opportunity to say Apostle even I want to relate with that God just repeat these words after me say Lord Jesus I thank you for your word today I have believed what you have said today I choose to give you my life and receive you as my personal Lord and Savior who shed his blood for my sins and was raised for my glory. Today, I'm born again. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.